Welcome to the Quillette Podcast. My name is Claire Lehman and I am Editor-in-Chief of Quillette. Quillette is where free thought lives. We are an independent, grassroots platform for heterodox ideas and fearless commentary. Our podcast is a team effort and is jointly hosted by myself and Canadian editor Jonathan Kay. You can support our podcast by visiting patreon.com forward slash Quillette and becoming a monthly patron. By becoming a monthly patron, you'll also receive our weekly newsletter. Welcome to the Quillette Podcast. I'm Jonathan Kay. And I'll start with a question. How many of you recognize that song I just played? If you don't recognize it, chances are you're probably not from India, and you don't watch Indian YouTube. The song I sampled is called By PewDiePie, and I'll be explaining the title and the context later in the show. It's by a guy who goes by the channel name Kerry Minati. The YouTube video for the song has 60 million views, and Kerry Minati has almost 40 million subscribers. Now, he's an especially huge Indian YouTube star, but when you look at the YouTube landscape in that country of 1.4 billion people, you find there are actually a surprisingly large number of people with accounts in the 6, 7, and even 8-figure range. In fact, according to my guest today, Indian podcaster and YouTuber Kushal Mehra, India is going to represent YouTube's most important growth market. Over the next 40 minutes, we're going to talk about how and why it's become so profitable and popular, and hear snippets of some of its most fascinating and often hilarious subgenres. We're also going to take a few side trips into such topics as cultural appropriation, the politics of Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi, the nature of Indian nationalism, and a certain Prime Minister's famous 2018 trip to India in which he broke out into a bout of Bhangra dancing. The first time I ever thought about the existence of Indian YouTube, I confess to you when we were setting this up that I don't watch really any any YouTube, Canadian YouTube, American <laughs> YouTube. I, I think I confess to you that the only YouTube I really watch is, you know, how to fix your sink or how to play board games and stuff like that. But I remember a couple of years ago, there was that, was it a fight or a controversy where you had this guy named... PewDiePie? Is that how you pronounce him? Yeah, one one of them is PewDiePie, and PewDiePie was having a fight with the number one YouTube channel in India. But just to be clear, PewDiePie is, is, is the furthest thing from an Indian YouTuber. He's like some video game guy from Scandinavia. He was some guy I hadn't heard of, and then he was competing with some Indian media. Yes, so there's this music company. Uh, they used to produce a lot of, uh, I think they were into films too at one point of time, and then they used to do a lot of uh, music too. It's T-Series. It's like T and there's a dash, then series. So it's an old company. It's uh, It was owned by... Uh, uh, I mean, he's no longer alive. It was formulated by a gentleman, I think, if I remember, called Gulshan Kumar. And now, obviously, his family members run it. So there was this continuous uh, feud and everybody was in it. Like, all of Indian YouTube was in it. And basically, PewDiePie's thing was, uh, oh, look at these guys. They're they're 1.4 billion people. But but so it was like a contest to see who could have the most subscribers? Yeah, pretty much. they each had, like, I don't know, 50 million subscribers. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you mentioned there was some guy who made a, a song about it or something? Oh, yeah. So the song was made, I think, around uh, two, three years ago. And this guy channel's name is Kerry Minati. <laughs> well, but can you play some of it? Yeah, sure. 
Here you go. This song is called Bye Bye PewDiePie. <laughs> that sounds menacing. Questions. First of all, ignorant question. What language is that? Because okay. of course, there's there's so, dozens of, of popular languages in India. But and also, like, is it a joke or is he so pissed the off? Language is Hindi. Okay. And uh, this rap song uh, is written in Hindi. And I'm gonna read the lyrics and I'm gonna try and explain them again okay. to the audience. So his he starts with "Is desh ke khilaf hui dunya zin? Is desh over here?" is desh means country so all of you are against india because we are going to take you over okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so he's basically mocking them the, the, then he says kitni nikaloge hamari kamiya as in how many flaws are you going to take out what's the big deal we're just winning the youtube battle guys that's what he's trying to say so like it's tongue in cheek right yeah, it's yeah. not <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah uh, so he's being sarcastic this basically right. is a roast channel this guy roasts people that's okay. what he does so the, then he says aaj nachega tu jaise ek chamiya you're going to dance like a dancer you're going to dance on my toes because you can't win this battle is what i guess but he's is he, to say. is it unusual for him to roast somebody who's not indian yeah he usually roasts indians okay he he's basically one of the biggest feuds Kerry Minati was involved in uh, that this was uh, i think in 2020 this had made the news in india oh my god this was like huge so basically this was a feud at that time in india we had tiktok okay. right no longer so is it legal is or no longer it's just people no no the government of india banned tiktok right during the india china standoff ah. while tiktok was one of the many apps chinese apps that was just removed from okay, that absolutely means that my teenage daughters can never go to india because this is like <laughs> like 90% of what they do when they're not in school is is okay so it was very interesting so what kerry minati did was he made this video uh, by the way that video is off and uh, john the link i sent you is basically somebody extracted the whole video and that video itself now has many views but kerry minati removed this video under a lot of pressure and that so the video i got here it's youtube versus tiktok yeah So basically it became Kerry Minati who was fighting this guy Amir Siddiqui who was on TikTok. Okay. And Amir Siddiqui was a big TikToker at oh that time. Oh my god. And Kerry Minati was a big YouTuber at that time and they had this beef. <laughs> But this is like the Blues versus the Greens charioteers in ancient Rome. This is <laughs> like this is sorry that's a really high flown analogy but it's kind of tribe like was this one big joke or are people like i'm on team tiktok like was it i yeah. i assume for some teenagers it's so, a big deal oh, there was a proper article in a mainstream indian newspaper <laughs> explaining how this beef started <laughs> the beef was basically where amir siddiqui posted a video calling out youtubers 
you know, Siddiqui compared both the mediums and he was like, oh, TikTok community is so together, this and that. And and he uploaded, uh, I think even Amir Siddiqui took off his video and then Kerry Minati just went out there and he roasted everybody. I'm liking this Kerry Minati guy. Oh I my just, God, he yeah. is hilarious. That guy, I mean, uh, I, I uh, not my kind of a creator, but I mean, look, his fans. And then what happened was the controversy reached to such an epic proportion. Well, there's a India. lawsuit. Not only was there a lawsuit, and then they were they forced Carrie Minati to take the video on, and there was a proper hashtag called hashtag Justice for Carrie. Justice for <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> on Indian Twitter, but yes, that, that's what happened. So, so basically, Carrie Minati is one of the biggest Indian YouTubers. He also has a gaming channel. He has two YouTube channels, from what I. Uh, remember, uh, obviously his name is not Kerry Minati. This guy's name is Ajay Nagar. I just find it funny because here in Canada, sometimes you'll read an article <laughs> and it'll be like, Canadian Twitter is in an uproar with over 50 people tweeting against so-and-so. <laughs> and like some of those numbers must seem ridiculous. Like it sounds like some of these controversies involve thousands of people mobilizing on one side or the other of, of these disputes. I was just having a conversation with someone like over here, if 100, 200 people turn up to a talk, that's a big thing. Yeah. And in India, it's a disaster. But by the way, you mentioned before that the dominant YouTube medium is music and dance. Yeah. Which gives us, by the way, an opportunity to talk about probably the greatest and most authentic expert in Indian dance, Justin Trudeau. (laughs) (laughs) Who who visited your country and taught you all about the magic of dance, right? Yeah. Um, That was so, so, so surreal, watching uh, somebody from Canada just out there doing Bhangra. He's actually a good dancer, by the way. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Like, he's not a bad dancer. Yeah, he's I, good. And he's you good. could tell he practiced a lot. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. But I have to say, that I was like, yeah, I said, when, when he visited India, I clearly remember telling my wife, why is he dancing? <laughs> what does he think we are? And you're a media personality, so I want to get the impression of a civilian your wife, I've met her. She's uh, was kind enough to wait here while we're recording this this fascinating episode. As somebody who's not in the media, when she first saw Justin Trudeau bust a move Bollywood style, what was her reaction? She started cracking up. Okay, <laughs> that's what I. Okay, she so, started cracking. And was that? But was, was that the reaction of the country as a whole? Like. It doesn't sound like people were offended by it. It wasn't like, oh, this is cultural purpose. Like he was dressed in a sort of uh, yeah. authentic style, as yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they were not offended by it. See, the thing is that the cultural appropriation bit is not an issue for anybody in India. It's it's not an issue for for Indians in general because uh, I think anybody adopts to our culture. Why would we be offended by it? I I don't even understand the cultural appropriation angle. Uh, I think people often confuse cultural digestion with cultural appropriation. Cultural digestion. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. That, that sounds like a diagnosis more than a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually something that uh, uh, an Indian American called Rajiv Malhotra he spoke about cultural digestion in his book, where he said that. Cultural appropriation is you're trying everything, right? Right now, we're sitting here recording this podcast. I'm wearing a t-shirt. Is that Indian? No. Am I appropriating Western culture? Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I didn't realize until now how mad, I, how angry I am. Take it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the whole point. But I guess what Raji Malata says with cultural digestion is that he tries to say that if you take something and then you remove the roots of that culture, and right. you remove the sources of that culture. Right. And then you don't credit that culture. That's the problematic aspect. But if you just try things like you try different cuisines, you cook different foods, wear different clothes, 
that's fine. I think that's where the debate is getting confused in the West. Right. People have confused digestion for appropriation. Where I'll give you an example of digestion. Let's say I don't remember the name of the gentleman who was there on Rogan's podcast. This guy was, I think, from Stanford. Sorry, this is a, this is Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. But I listen to Rogan. I find him entertaining. The guest uses the words yoga nidra. It is one of the practices, and now it has transformed into lucid dreaming. And it was lucid, very, lucid dreaming, yeah, like lucid clear dream. dreaming. Yeah, yeah, lucid dreaming is one of the you know psychological practices that they do uh, in the West. So what he said was, if I basically what he was trying to say is that if I call it yoga nidra, people think it's vu. Now that's where digestion comes in. So what's what vu? Vu vu booga booga. Oh, okay. So like a bad thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that vu vu or whatever. Okay, all right. Yeah. So. I think people like Rajiv Malhotra, that's where they try to say that just because it's called Yoga Nidra does not make it invalid. Just because some other culture came up or whether Vipassana becomes mindfulness and now somebody will come. But no, mindfulness is well, slightly look, different. We're talking about some pretty fine points here. But just to be clear, a couple of years back, there were people shutting down recreational community center yoga programs on the basis that upper middle class white women shouldn't be doing yoga because it's... Well, those are stupid people. It's definitely, it was a stupid thing. And I think even among progressives, they've backed off because it's ridiculous. But I want to get back to Justin Trudeau because that was the moment that here in Canada, a lot of us were directed to some of these YouTube channels because they did like parodies and they did <laughs> stuff like that. I was one of them. Yeah. Oh, you were one of them? Yeah, we were mocking Justin, right? I mean, uh, so we do this Thursday show with my friend uh, Sham Sharma and uh, another friend of mine, Abhijita Yamitra, who's actually a foreign policy expert, we hear, who also dabbles and, in and humor dance, every dance Thursday. expert, okay. <laughs> and, no, Abhijit, you should see Abhijit dancing. So anybody out there, go on Twitter and find out Abhijita Yamitra and just look at his oh, Sounds awesome. Abhijit is amazing. Okay. So on, uh, so we do this Thursday show, you know, every Thursday. And anyway. well, so the, so the backstory in this, and I have no proof of that, is that his wife, who's who's lovely, has always, I think, had an interest in spirituality and maybe India in particular. Again, this is scuttlebutt that this trip to India was maybe an opportunity for her to kind of explore some of this, her fascination with that culture. It, to me, it aroused the idea of the head of the BJP coming to Canada and doing some kind of I don't know, vanilla ice dance or something like that. Like this, which I, I would find quite hilarious. I want to see Modi dancing. Yeah. So I can't really picture that. Okay. So let's talk about some of the other stuff. One of the examples, you classified it under sports, but it seems a little dubious because you're talking about chess. Yeah. So there's, there's a, a, a chess YouTube culture in India. Oh my goodness. Full disclosure, even I did not know much about it. So when I, so when we spoke about what do we talk about on the podcast, I started doing a deep dive. I went through a chess phase, but I don't see chess as like a video thing. But you're saying there's video channels or like are people commenting? Yeah, so there's Chess Base India. Chess Base India. It has 990k subscribers as of so now. So almost a million Almost followers. a million subscribers. That's not small, man. For a chess channel. But they cover all the chess tournaments and India versus Russia, the gold medal match uh, on the video. If you want, I can play it for you. Yeah. So they're saying we want gold. This is a famous cricketer. Yuzvendra Chahal. He's a very famous cricketer in India. But what's a cricketer doing on a chess channel? Because uh, cricketers are really famous in India. I know cricket gets bashed a lot in India. Certain circles, oh, cricket gets, oh, cricketers are overpaid, overcovered, over this, over that. I, I don't agree with that. I think cricketers are giving a lot back to other sports in the community too. And, you know, you'll see cricket players standing up and fighting for badminton players, tennis players. And I think 
to abuse Indian cricketers of being multi-millionaires is just not fair. It's not their fault that Indians love the sport. By the way, I played cricket once. Uh, wow. When I was studying engineering at McGill University, there was a group of South Asian grad students and they had to get up at like five in the morning, right? Because you have to go to the field before soccer and yeah. the actual program yeah. sports go on. I didn't do very well because I was swinging the bat baseball style. Yeah, you must be going like this and then come yeah. from the bottom up. So I was hitting like a lot of fly balls, which wasn't effective. And yeah. I mean, you have to, it's like a Ginsu knife. There's all these angles. Have you played cricket? Yeah, yeah I used to play. I mean, in school and on the streets in Mumbai. Yeah. We, we've grown up playing cricket. And in fact, one of the most famous... Uh, Don't you need like 800 feet? Like, I mean, you need some of these gigantic spaces to We do play it. in the backyard. We play on the terraces. We but, but a real match requires a crazy oh, yeah, amount yeah. of real estate. So we, we would have community grounds where kids would go and play. And it's, it's funny, you know, if you go in Mumbai on, on the Maidans, which are the community grounds where kids can go and play. Yeah. Basically, the dominant sport. Now it's changing, though. I mean, when we grew up, it was only cricket, 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 cricket. But now you'll see an odd basketball court. You'll see football. I mean, you guys call it soccer, but basically everybody calls it football. There, there'll be kids playing football. There'll be kids playing basketball. But yeah, cricket still dominates the the Maidans, community grounds of India. And because in that sense, right, you can afford a bat, the cricket bat and a ball to play and you can just create stumps the things on the back through sticks and so even if you go to a slum you'll see kids outside the slum playing cricket one of my fond memories of the crossover between baseball and cricket was there was this crossover program where certain cricket players were invited to america to play baseball and hit the baseball and then the baseball players were told okay now you come and play cricket let's see who can handle it better and uh, because of the natural way cricket is played, the, it, the the transformation from cricket to baseball was much easier. I can see that because in baseball, even if the guy's throwing at 100 miles an hour, it's not hitting the ground before you hit it. Yeah. Whereas in cricket, yeah, the, the skill is it hits the ground, he's putting spin on it. What I found with cricket was hard was when I was pitching... I couldn't bend my elbow. That's that's screwed up. Yeah, you, you guys should figure that one out because that, <laughs> that, that, that makes it a lot harder. Anyway, all right. So um, to be continued. Uh, so under the category of crime, true crime, we would call it crime and documentary. You've highlighted someone named or a company, Big Brain Co. Oh yeah, this channel. You know, it talks about science, technology, space, everything. But this particular video, they talk about they talk about the youngest serial killer ever. The video is called "True Story of the World's Youngest Serial Killer" by Big Brain Co. It's by Adil Roy featuring Adil Roy, and they have a English uh, translation there. So people, if they go and watch the video, they can actually understand it. And this is a crazy story of Amarjit Sada. लेकिन इस कहानी का सबसे सरप्राइजिंग एलिमेंट यह है कि इस कहानी में मर्डरर महज आठ साल का बच्चा है जिसने एक नहीं दो नहीं बल्कि तीन मर्डर किए हैं और सारे विक्टिम्स की एज छह साल से कम दिस इज चिलिंग दिस इज द स्टोरी ऑफ एन एट ईयर ओल्ड किलर यस आई वाज डिस्टर्ब्ड this channel covers a lot of interesting things not just दिस बट दिस इज दिस इज लेजिटिमेट न्यूज़ आई रिपोर्टिंग या 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 दे दे रिपोर्टिंग अ स्टोरी Recently, there was a Netflix also on a serial killer, uh, Jha, from Bihar and killing so many people. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Okay, so the summer is over. For a lot of us, it's time to get back to school or to bring renewed focus to our jobs. And maybe you're asking yourself why you're stuck focusing on lingering problems instead of new solutions. And BetterHelp is here to remind you that a therapist might not just be able to help you feel better and get more out of life, he or she may also be able to help you get out of productive ruts and perform to your potential. 
And I can vouch from personal experience that therapy is also great for helping you decide when it's time to launch yourself into a completely new career trajectory altogether. I've been there. If therapy is something you're thinking of, BetterHelp is a particularly convenient and affordable option. It's online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat, letting you choose whether or not you want to see anyone on camera. You get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists at any time. Quillette listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp by going to betterhelp.com slash quillette. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Q-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E. And now back to our Quillette podcast. If you're an executive at Netflix or something like that, you must be watching some of these channels and thinking this programming is stuff that would, would interest North Americans. Like a lot of these YouTube channels must act as feeder stock for for big media companies and not only in India to produce commercial programming, no? It could be, but to be very honest, English YouTube in India is not even a speck in comparison. Most of the big YouTubers, you know, let's start from the first one, Kerry Minati. He's in Hindi. Uh, you can go to different YouTubers across India. But some of these channels, they break into English periodically. Sometimes. Yeah. And even in their Hindi videos, they will use certain words. Like they typically, it sounds like they're fluent in English. Yeah, yeah. All of them know English, but yeah. they create their content in their language. Right. Because their biggest audience in India. And believe me, the YouTubers in India, and I don't say this uh, with some arrogance or anything, they don't care about the Western audience. Well, they it's 1.4 billion people, and right? They, just, they, they are creating content. For their people. Right. They, they, they could care less if somebody from the West... Uh, my generation was not like this. We we were still in that phase of seeking Western validation. But the 20-year-olds or the 22-year-old kid of... Uh, I'm not even talking about big Indian cities. Kerry Minati is from Faridabad. <laughs> right. All the big YouTubers are not from Mumbai and Delhi. They're all from either smaller towns or tier one cities, tier two cities, tier three cities. They are from the real India. Well, I guess in Quebec, because it's French here in Canada, it does have a YouTube culture, but I don't think there's like Saskatchewan YouTube. <laughs> like You will have that in India. You right. have Telugu YouTube, which is giant. And yeah, but except some of these Indian states have 100 million people, right? Like That's the thing, right? Yeah. That's the beauty of India, that you could be a Punjabi YouTuber, right? Yeah. And you could have a career. You could be a Marathi YouTuber. You could have a career. Obviously, Hindi is the most spoken language in India, the biggest one. After that comes Telugu and many other languages. But the sheer volume of people you get in India, I, I do get the, the ad revenue right now on YouTube is like, what, 13 times less than what you would get on YouTube America. So, for example, uh, if an American watches your video on YouTube in America, you'll make 13 times more money. And why is that? It's just the ad rates are low. Uh, the country overall is poorer. And the lower click-through rate on... So lower uh, click per minute uh, sure. CPM. So YouTube India did publish this report about by Oxford Economics. It was called a platform for Indian opportunity assessing the economic, societal and cultural impact of YouTube. Full-time equivalent jobs as per this report is 683,000 jobs. These are full-time jobs that YouTube is right now generating. And let me tell you... This is 2020. So now we're in 2022, post-COVID. This must have taken off. So maybe maybe a million jobs. In yeah, easily. Country. So full disclosure, this was a, a report that was generated by YouTube. But I won't be surprised if uh, YouTube is generating, you know, a million jobs in India right now because it's just exploded. 
Now, imagine money right now with India's financial condition and the size of the Indian economy. And then just imagine a $10 trillion Indian economy or a $15 trillion Indian economy, right? And then imagine what kind of money these YouTubers are going to make. Yeah. Just just think about it. Well, PewDiePie is doing okay, right? He's uh... So how many PewDiePies are you going to see in India yeah. in the next decade and a half is something that people don't realize. I know this kid, he stays in a place called Navi Mumbai. I don't know him personally. I know of him. I've heard things about this guy. He just streams video games. He does so not, he is like an Indian PewDiePie. Yeah, yeah. So he does not stream video games for outsiders. His audience is Indian kids streaming video games. And you know how they speak during the video sure. games? Yeah. By the way, for those who are into video game culture, typically it's the screen as the video game. And then the guy will be in the corner with a headset on commenting on it. Like I'm going into this room. Uh-oh, there's a guy with a yeah. gun. And I've tried to watch those videos. No, I, I can't me, watch it it's either. It's so boring. Right. I love games. I just don't know why people are watching videos of other people playing. Yeah, it was uh, till the next end that somebody in my own family was thinking of starting something like this. Uh, and then... <laughs> Uh, he, he dropped out but gaming is getting huge in India sure. like I said think about India in a decade and a half and why I think YouTube is very important for India and why India is very important in fact if you look at the balance of the relationship I think YouTube needs India far more than India needs YouTube and I'll explain why because China has stopped YouTube YouTube market in North America is pretty much saturated. In fact, if you look at the last three years numbers, TikTok has started eating into the YouTube market share and till the extent that YouTube is now obsessed with promoting shorts over here. Mm. Those less than uh, one uh, 60 second videos, 50 seconds. Well, it's like Instagram got into reels. Yes. That's all because of TikTok. They want to compete with TikTok. And because TikTok is just a superior algorithm. There is only one market left for YouTube in the real sense, which has a captive base. And it has creators who are making huge amount of money right now, even at the nascent stage with the nascent size of the Indian economy. YouTube should realize it needs India way more than India because India could shut YouTube down tomorrow, just like India shut TikTok down. China is a place where with the flick of a switch, entire massive websites just become unreachable unless you have VPNs or whatnot. You know, on the other end of the extreme, a place like United States, where it's pretty much you can get whatever you want. It sounds like India is somewhere in between where politicians, it sounds like it's most cases, it's hard for them to block access entirely. Tell me about the climate of censorship or political control. The impression that people in the West have, and which is always given in the West, and I don't know how else do I say it, is that India was a land of milk and honey till 2013 or 2014. And suddenly Modi became the prime minister and this monster came in. I mean, he is fairly hardcore nationalist, right? Nationalism for an Indian means different, right? The problem with the West is that it thinks its problems are global problems mm. and everybody else's problems are not even problems. That That's what bothers me about this whole nationalism debate too. Why should I go by your understanding? There are two strands of thoughts in India, right? There is the left-wing thought of India, Indian left-wingers, who say India was never a nation-state. It was just the British who created it. Right. And there were different states that were brought together and most Indians rejected. Indians say we are a civilizational state what they call different states is Sanatan Dharma. And it is Sanatan Dharma, the eternal order that ties us together. And it is through different sects of loosely used term Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism, Sikhism, all the native faiths of India that ties us together. Yeah, though this talk of civilizational state, I, I get it, but you can I know see, you would. You can, well, yeah, but you can see how someone in Pakistan would be like, do we get to be a civilizational state? They can do what they want to do. Right. So that's the thing, right? This is, again, I don't care what Pakistan does as long as they don't interfere in my life. And again, I'm not a moral relativist. 
I believe the Pakistani nation state, if it became a civilizational state, is based on a weak idea. An idea that believes in excluding others. Now, again, I want to caveat again and again. I am a materialist. I don't believe in reincarnation. You know, you'll see normal videos and photos of Prime Minister Modi going into the parliament and bowing down. Going into the constitution hall, bowing down and praying to the constitution. Why is he doing that? He's not praying to a religious book. He's bowing down. In Hinduism, you know, what we do is we basically bow down our head to our gods, to our elders, to anything we revere. Why is Modi bowing down to the constitution? So it's almost a Confucian ritual. Yes, it is. So we are different people, right? Yeah. And the problem, like I said, and I take you back, the problem is the West refuses to understand the other. There are amazing things in the West. I am not anti-West. I like the That's West. That's good because you were making me feel unsafe there for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and John, you and I have had many conversations where I have criticized India. And I'm kind of known for that and hated in Indian circles for that because I criticize India many times. But the thing is that I completely understand when they talk about a civilizational state. They say they see continuity. They see a living, breathing civilization where people have come in from outside and we have absorbed them. We've become their own. Like uh, certain rituals have come from outside. Certain Greek have been made Hindu rituals. So look, we, I've got to get back to YouTube because... Yeah, uh, we don't want to make it boring. I'm, I'm guessing there's an extremely rich news and politics subculture within YouTube. Oh, yes. There's probably a thousand examples you can give, but rather than probably one of many shows that are like pro-Modi or anti-Modi, the one you chose to highlight, I'm going to butcher the name here, Duv Rathi and yeah. Sham Sharma. So I gave you uh, two shows from both the sides of the spectrum. Okay. Dhruv Rathi is, uh, he will not call himself a left finger, but he is a left finger and it's okay to be left finger. I have many left wing friends. That's and, fine. And full disclosure, Sham Sharma is my dear friend. I also host a show with him, but he's one of the big YouTubers in the non-left space in India. The which space? Uh, non-left. I, yeah, I don't believe India has a right wing. I say India has a non-left. People who are not with the left. Okay. Uh, because uh, in the Western sense, I think uh, everybody is left wing in India. Uh, if you look in, at the policies, so there's no like laissez-faire capitalism. No, nothing. Got it. Nothing. Okay. Even the BJP is socialist. Got it. I'm sure you know the American Indian comic Hassan Minhaj, right? Hassan, uh, kind of famous Hassan Minhaj. He did this Netflix special on Indian elections in, before 2019. How shit was going to hit the roof? How Modi is this? How Modi is that? And how did that go over in India? Uh, it didn't go well. And okay. <laughs> okay. Obviously, I mean, Hassan doesn't know anything. Let's be very honest. You know, <laughs> Hassan just looks like us. Hassan's like my wife, right? He looks like us. They're like you. You know, she can hear us. She's in the next yeah, room. Yeah, she knows that. <laughs> I've said that to her many times. And Hassan, though, he, he could be listening too. I don't care. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, right? But at least be true to yourselves. Right. Just because you look like me doesn't mean you get the points. You don't get street cred. It's like, you know, uh, tomorrow I dress up like a white guy and go around saying, no, I'm Italian now. <laughs> that's gonna... a terrible Italian accent. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not doing the Italian accent. <laughs> what was that, like a generic white accent? Yeah, same. I'm not, though, you know, and it's not me. The thing is, Hassan did this video and Sham gave a response to it. What I'm about to play is uh, Sham's response. First, let's play like a few seconds just from the original, just so people get a sense of what's being critiqued. Democracy is for people with power people with muscle power and money power. It is not for you and me. It's for gangs. You are going to make millions of people angry. With the Hindus, with the Muslims, with the Sikhs. They're going to kill you. You will be no more. There will be an accident. You will be burned to death. You're gone. Aapko problem chahiye? No, Nahin. I don't want a problem. Huh, you can talk about anything else. Talk about cricket. Talk about sneakers. That's more comical. That's more comical. Do you know your name? Hassan means nice in Arabic. India is not uh, Arabia. Your name rings a bell that you are a terrorist. 
You may be a Pakistani, a Pakistani agent. agent. I'm a Pakistani yeah. agent. Could be. All right, and now let's hear the response. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sham Sharma Show. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you very much for watching. I appreciate you. So Hasan Minhaj is a comedian who has a show on Netflix called The Patriot Act and he recently did an episode on the Indian elections. So in the beginning he talks to a bunch of these Indian families who tell him not to talk about the Indian elections and he's talking to all these families and then right in the middle of it there's this batshit crazy family that says just a bunch of crazy stuff. They're going to kill you. You will be no more. There will be an accident. You will be burned to death. You're gone. Wait, who's going to kill you? There are literally hundreds of people who have made a full-time living from just lampooning the current government. Not only are they alive, but they are thriving. I don't know what they're talking about. India is not uh, Arabia. Your name rings a bell that you are a terrorist. Period. So these people who apparently Indians consider terrorists, these so-called terrorists are some of the highest paid and most beloved movie stars in India. They're also well represented in the government. They practice their religion. That was one of the rare videos in English, but it had, um, I'm guessing, subtitles. Hindi subtitles, right? This thing that Pakistani agent, is that a just kind of generic, you're against India? This is going to be the moment where I'm going to get hatred from my Indian followers, right. uh, because I'm going to... I'm going to out them. Okay. Is there Muslim bigotry, anti-Muslim bigotry in India? Absolutely, yes. India is like any other society. There are Muslims who hate Hindus and there are Hindus who hate Muslims. Most people live peacefully amongst each other. There is a section inside the Hindu society that has a lack of trust of Muslims. Or is it like a fifth column type thing where they're trying to take down the Indian state from within? That's the impression that a section... But see, you have to understand that discussion on India and Pakistan is important. And this is what I'll say. Yes, we were separated on religious lines. Let's not, let's not beat around the bush. Pakistan was created because a bunch of Muslims in Uttar Pradesh said that Hindus and Muslims are two separate nations. The ones who believed in that idea went there. And the the proof of the pudding is in the eating that in India today, the Muslim community is thriving. Their numbers have not reduced. But, au contraire, look at how Hindus, Sikhs, Christians, Ahmadis and atheists are treated in Pakistan. Their numbers are dwindling. They are dying. Is there anti-Muslim bigotry inside India? Absolutely, yes. And I'll be the first person to oppose it, which is why I said, you know, I'll get hate for saying this because you're going to have Indians listening to this because I'll tweet it out. And then you, your comment section will be, oh, look at Kushal Schilling again. So Hindus. I, so look, I, I have some experience with this because, and this is kind of a parochial thing for Canadians, which is the history of, of Sikh militancy. Khalistan. In, yeah, the Khalistani cause and Khalistani cause is the, the separatist cause seeking a, a separate Sikh homeland. A cause that is not popular in India, though there are some, as you can call them, political fundamentalists in the Sikh community here in Canada who don't seem to let this issue die. Mm -hmm. My understanding from following the issue here in Canada is that the Sikh community in the Punjab has very much abandoned the Khalistani cause. But if I were a Khalistani Sikh in India and I want to start a separatist Khalistani YouTube channel, is that something the Indian government would permit? The Indian government may not allow a separatist YouTube channel. But by the way, there is a member of parliament that is an open separatist right now. Okay. From Punjab. Okay. Are there ever times that you're doing your show 
and you say i better not say that the only time i don't do this is i will not criticize religion because india has a blasphemy law and i don't okay. like to go to jail and people do go to jail for that yes all the time and if your viewers uh, this is not my book but if you do want to understand the history of how free speech was destroyed in india there is a book called 16 stormy days by dr tripur daman singh tripur has come on my podcast he is an uh, is a fantastic author and uh, and he wrote this book called 16 stormy days the story of the first amendment of the constitution of india and how the first prime minister ended up destroying free speech and the blasphemy law in india is even before that so the blasphemy law in india is in british india So it goes back to this uh, incident. Uh, so you kept the British blasphemy law. What do you do, man? If you don't have the blasphemy law in India, the minority communities will literally riot. I don't know how else to say this. The majority community also likes the blasphemy law. As you know, we're we're having this conversation in Canada where our government couldn't even be roused to criticize people who were literally burning down churches. Can you attack Islam the no. way or Judaism? As you know, I'm Jewish and. Yeah. um you can say things about christianity that here in north america that would be front page news if they were said about judaism and that was the story of india for quite a long time that you could get away by saying pretty much anything about hinduism and now it's basically come to a point where the hypocrisy in the indian discourse was so much i know that you're not a religious person but do you have hindu ancestry oh i call myself a hindu okay i am a hindu see again uh, like i said people people automatically assume there's this famous thing like there are ex muslims ex christians i'm not you're not in the ex hindu movement I, I, i'm not right. in the ex hindu movement i am a hindu one of the schools in hinduism is the materialist school right. i'm hindu deal with it So you're not the Ayan Hirsi Ali of no, Hinduism. No, I'm not. And and once again, it's you know, I always say this is the Abrahamic problem superimposed on my culture. And and which is why I don't call myself an atheist. I don't need that tag. I have my own name. I I'm wearing a t-shirt that says Gnostic. I am Gnostic. You're also wearing a hat that at first I thought was some kind of like cryptic symbol and I re- now realize it's a Chicago Bulls hat. Yes. Yeah. I I just like that hat and I collect <laughs> baseball hats. <laughs> That, that's the westerner in me. Okay, but so as we close, I want to ask about the free speech thing because here in North America, I say especially in Canada, 20 years ago if you and I were having a conversation about free speech, you'd be talking about government regulation and human rights tribunals and stuff. Now, when I hear especially young people talk about free speech, they're talking about corporate policies. What can you say on Twitter? What can you say on Facebook? What can you say on YouTube? It sounds like what you're telling me is in India it's still old-fashioned censorship stuff where it's oh, yeah. the state. I I will urge each and every one of your audiences to go and read these laws in India 295A 153A 153 124 and then read the first amendment which says you can say xyz by reasonable restrictions fact Jawaharlal Nehru hated the idea of putting the word reasonable restrictions he did not like reasonable restrictions he just liked restrictions and it's directly quoted in this book that I spoke about by Tripur Daman Singh whether it's the bjp whether it's the congress whether it's any single political outfit in india when it comes to the subject of freedom of speech they are all pathetic if you are a youtube addict in india what's the most glaring oversight i've made so actually there's this huge youtuber called sandeep maheshwari in india he is just the inspirational speaker he has I don't know as of now let me check how many <laughs> subscribers Sandeep Maheshwari has and when you say inspirational speaker you mean like just speaks to young kids Tony Robbins kind of stuff I don't know what what is the closest version to that uh, so I'm just playing some sample of it 24 million subscribers yeah Rose <laughs> Sukhe jab main kuch acha sunta hu acha dekhta hu 
और अच्छा सोचता हूं तो मेरा पूरा दिन अच्छा होने की संभावना बहुत बढ़ जाती है It's about positive thinking. If I start my day thinking positively, now what is funny is that this guy. By the way, it, it has kind of like a TED Talk vibe a little bit. Yeah, he is a. But this guy is right now having one of the <laughs> biggest beefs with this guy. Your intent is not to be thoughtless. Your intent. This is Prakar Gupta. Or here, a very subtle difference. Your intent is to focus on your breath. Now I can show you. A very important principle laid down. Wait, 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 wait a second. Okay, now I'm confused. So the first guy you showed me, it was like pictures of puppy dogs and waves breaking on the shore, and he like was addressing a TED Talk type thing in a very earnest way. But except the other guy you just showed, we played a snippet. Yeah, Prakha is like a meditation guy, which you think he could also be like super chill. Yeah, so both these are super chill guys, but they seem to have this beef and it, like the best way to be uh, super chill. Okay, so if you want to have fun, <laughs> okay, <laughs> if you want to have fun, yeah, and you know the irony is, uh, like Prakha's channel. is not he has barely got 200,000 subscribers right now but he's a good kid he's come on my podcast i've gone on his podcast he's a good kid and i'm sure sandeep maheshwari is also a decent human being but if you want to understand what youtube beefs are just google sandeep maheshwari versus prakar gupta and it's funny how how things have taken a turn till the extent i think But what are they fighting about? Like, are they literally fighting about the best way to not fight? Like, I, I don't know. I think Sandeep said something. Prakar criticized that, and then Sandeep criticized Prakar, and then Prakar criticized. Like, you get drawn into fights because I. Yeah. Well, I said no, but I've seen your your channel. Your channel is pretty. I don't want to say above the fray because you know you grapple with issues. But you seem pretty self aware about not turning yourself into just a guy who every video is. Now I want to rebut the guy who was rebutting what I said when I rebutted the thing that he said when he was rebutting me. Fun. I don't do that at all. See, my, I have this rule for my channel, which is why my channel is so small. <laughs> I don't do clickbait. I I, I refuse to do clickbait, and uh, I, it's like, have I done zero clickbait? No. But we are all driven by this clickbait cycle of it has happened in the morning. Let me cut a video or do a live stream within the first twenty four hours, get the maximum number of right. clicks, and make money. I have nothing against people who do that. I just want to put it on record, but I don't do it. On the other hand, let me put something to you. If these were your only sources of revenue, and you had to feed a family on the basis of your YouTube ad income, do you think maybe you wouldn't be able to be so principled? No, I would be principled, but then I would be having a job and I would be doing this okay. because see, my my story is very clear. I don't lie about it. I was an entrepreneur. Yeah. I I was working hard all my life for the first twenty years of. What do you mean? You're like thirty. <laughs> I'm forty one. Okay, well you're living right because you look good. Why not work out? <laughs> I came across podcasting when I met uh, a few friends who told me that they, I like mixed martial arts and I I wanted to. You and Rogan, huh? Uh, I don't know because I I like mixed martial arts primarily because of uh, it's very interesting. I love Mike Tyson as a child. I was into boxing and. Uh, And then uh, I used to watch WWE, and then Brock Brock Lesnar went to UFC. I have no idea who these and, people are. And before that, Brock Lesnar was a huge is a huge WWE. And I was like, hang on, so you can talk for a long time, break things down without any interruptions and without cutting each other off. It just seems to be nice. And then, and then you know the YouTube algorithm works, yeah. and then it tells you one the other. And then I found Rogan, and then I started listening to Rogan, and then I started listening to everybody else, and then I heard Pod Save America, then I heard Ben Shapiro, and it's very interesting. What it gave me was such a beautiful perspective into my blind spots. 
Because when you listen to Pod Save America and then you listen to Ben Shapiro. What's, sorry, what's Pod Save America? It's a proper democratic leaning podcast. Okay. And, and Ben and Shapiro, Shapiro is conservative, right? Conservative. So when I listen to both of them, I, I saw my own blind spots. Right. And it actually interestingly made me a better human being. Because I, I saw, oh, this is where I'm into groupthink, just like they are. This is where I become a shill of the BJP, just like they are. This is where I become an unwarranted critic of the Congress, just like they are. The Indian Congress Party. Yeah. yeah. So and, and it made me a better analyst of politics over those years. And then I was like, can I do this myself? And then I tried it. And then COVID was when my podcast basically took off. Everybody was at home, right? And it just took off. And you get to learn from these people. See, for me, the greatest gift that this podcast has given me is my ability to talk to intelligent people and learn from them. Present company accepted. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for being on the Collab Podcast. This was amazing. Thank you for having me over, man. And I look forward to chatting with you on mine very soon. Talk soon. If you would like to support Quillette, please consider becoming a patron. Head to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Quillette. If you haven't already, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Do you like what you're hearing? Perhaps you would like to read more about the issues in today's discussion. Head to quillette.com where you'll find more content.